0: plushcare.com slash weight loss Axel I love you fuck right off right now please thank you please go be adorable somewhere else I cannot stand you then lay there fantastic I'm glad we had this talk. I agree you should lay right there. May I record now? Appreciate you. Welcome to Taboos, the podcast where we talk about taboo culture with foul mouths and drinks in hand. I'm your host, Celeste. Today's episode is going to be just a little teensy-weensy bit different than our normal content. Today, it's just you and I talking about a topic that's really incredibly fucking important to me. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. And with that said, it's also a topic that is so taboo conceptually that I've really been having a hard time creating the approach to this one in general. And honestly, you'll understand why in just a minute. But I really want to just level set with you and say, hi, I'm so glad you're here. I've missed you. You are so fucking beautiful. You are my absolute best friend right now. Really, you are. Welcome to my safe space. The safe space that my best friend and I in real life created to talk about things that need to be talked about, mostly things that society wishes we didn't. But I need to be really honest with y'all, this episode is one that a lot of people might brush off and deem unimportant, which honestly is totally fine, because this episode, like I said, is incredibly important to me, and it's very, very possible That it will be for you too. If you're new here, this is where I would move forward into our normal format, which is full of research and history and unbiased perspective, along with some statistics and the whole shebang, okay? And I promise that this episode will have that on my life. But we need to just appreciate this friend space for just a second. Because right now I really just need you, my best friend, to just hear me. So let's settle in, let's get comfy. grab a drink if you want to, roll a blunt if you feel like it, get a blankie, let's experience this shit together, just like I would if you were here. So tell me, how was your day today? How are you today? I'm really proud of you for opening your eyes today. I know they were heavy. I'm really impressed by all you got done today. Even if that just looked like charging your batteries. Can you tell me something that made you laugh recently? Like, just hear me out, like really laugh, unexpectedly. The kind of laugh that you feel in your toes. The kind of laugh that made you grateful that you were present in that moment. That's the kind of laugh I wanna hear about. You can pause if you need more time because I wanna hear it all. Because you're happy makes me happy and we deserve nothing but happy, right? Yes, baby, we sure fucking do. Thank you for sharing your happy with me. Felt and received and forever grateful for sharing this moment with you. Sincerely. Oh, how am I? Bro, I am so thankful that you asked because it has been really rough out here for your girl. I will spare you the nitty gritty and pity because we are not here for any of that shit. But high level, I'll break it down since you brought it up. So my best friend and I started this business. Which has slowly boiled us down to eat, breathe, sleep, live this show. Not because we're obsessed, but because this is our art. This is our creative expression. If we were singers, we would have started a band and made a song called Fuck Christopher Columbus, and it would have gone viral, and it would have been the same journey, but to a beat, okay? But I'm not a singer. And Allie would tell you she's not either, so here we are. I'm a writer. And y'all might not know that about me. Words are my superpower. They are my shield. They are my sword. And they are my safety. Exchanging words and feelings is what makes me feel safe. I ask as we keep going when I ramble. Y'all keep that in mind. I'm actually terrified to be on this stage right now. By myself. Bearing my soul to you. So sincerely, thank you for being this shoulder for me right now. I really needed it. Starting this business has easily been the best wild idea I've ever fucking had and I wouldn't trade a single second of it for anything because this is us. This show is us. This is who we are. We are taboos and I'm so fucking proud of that. But this show and this lifestyle has cost us more than we were ever prepared to consider when we talked about starting this show. This life comes with haters that cut you right down to the soul. People you've trusted with your life turn on you for your beliefs, for your success, for your voice, for your laugh, for your morals, for being honest, for not conforming, for being unapologetically us. And along the way of finding us, we've lost a lot. We've lost family. We've lost friends. We've lost hope once or twice. That is for damn sure we lost communication, we lost time, we lost notebooks and pens, and a collection of really dope beer cans over the past year, and it's been really hard. In my personal life, our cat Static died, and I got COVID pretty bad, and I had to isolate with Tiny as a single mom for 14 days. Seriously, you guys, shout out to my girl for being the bravest and most reliable little human as well as the most important part of my self-love journey. Because in all honesty, seeing the way that she loved me while I was absolutely helpless taught me exactly how I need to love myself always, but especially when I feel helpless. Of which I have felt a lot lately, which I fucking loathe. I loathe, I detest being helpless. I cannot stand when others believe that they are helpless. I abhor people who choose helplessness. I just fucking can't. I cannot because I have been helpless my whole life. And I am still absolutely driven by helping others. That's why we're here. That's why this show exists. Some things that have made me feel really helpless recently were COVID, but not in the way that you'd think. My employer, that's absolutely abusing me, the same way that corporate America abuses all of us. But as a victim and as a survivor of abuse that has literally put me in the position of life or death, now any and all abuse feels exactly like that. That moment of fight or flight. In that moment, it's me or them. And because I refuse to be helpless, I always choose me. Which is the really unpopular opinion, in case you're curious. I want more than anything to move, because I hate it here. The small-mindedness of this community makes my fucking skin crawl. The best way I can describe it is sort of like the time I dressed up in my infamous bumblebee dress for senior homecoming and walked around school as such all day. We were the hornets for context. I didn't sexualize this. I was in dress code, all the things. And yet everyone either looked, was filthy with their reaction. I was a little slut at the time. So it's not like that was unwarranted. Okay, I know. And some people decided right then and there that I'd never quote unquote fit in. And they let me know. But I wasn't trying to do anything but express myself. And I looked damn cute. Damn cute. Feeling myself? Yeah, yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't I wear that on homecoming? Senior homecoming, right? Okay, cool. Oh, you can relate to being treated like shit in high school? (laughs) Well, let me tell you Wisconsin is really just a giant high school, honestly. I'm pretty sure that we are the high school of the whole country. Decent education, public school cost, some can't wait to be done, and others peak during football season. There is a beer readily available, and our Midwest nice will leave you wondering if we are so sheltered we have no idea how scary the real world really is. While simultaneously being so conniving and manipulative and drunk, you'd think we'd be a shoo-in to be voted most likely to legalize weed first. But here we are aren't we? So you can imagine trying to be the girl saying fuck racists and capitalism in that environment isn't really popular, right? I know I could move logically, but I can't because of the next thing that makes me feel helpless. I legally can't move. I could take a hop, skip, and a jump to Madison, which honestly is an option because as of yesterday, y'all are looking at a brand new Wisconsin Badger, baby. I got the acceptance offer yesterday and I still cannot believe that shit. I still cannot believe that shit. I, okay. Okay. So there's that. I'm sorry. Humble brag. I just, okay. But also, realistically that's not an option for us because my daughter has a father who has been determined by the court to have a continued role in her life which makes me feel helpless as well as he is my true narcissistic experience perspective and abuser helpless is exactly how he likes me absolutely disturbingly helpless tender for the kill in every sense of the word $200,000 in court fees sold separately. So honestly like even if I could leave I can't escape the confines that are the educational walls of this institution which all makes me feel helpless. Normal people such as you I'm sure always react with Oh my God, Celeste, can your family help? Because it's the only logical and comforting response that any of us can cling to when someone says the shit that I have just said, right? Like I totally get that. And I'd like to offer another piece of information that's important for us to talk about that's been going on with me because this will honestly be probably the most taboo thing that I will say in the history of this show. Words I have never said before so <sighs> comprehensively, I guess. Something I've been trying to say my whole life, but the words just never came out right. Because my superpower and shield and sword weren't accessible to me all at the same time at any point before this exact moment here with you. So if we could take a deep breath together. I'm holding your hand. Thank you for holding mine. I'm a hand holder. We'd be hugging otherwise. So my family believes that I'm helpless. They always have my entire life. My family is certain that I am incompetent to make decisions for myself or my daughter. And there are members of my family that perpetuate that belief because welcome to high school mentality, right? (laughs) That shit is in my DNA. My biological father was the spoiled rich boy whose mommy let him be a feral child because he has severe middle child syndrome. His older brother couldn't save everyone, so he saved himself. And his younger sister was always being sexually abused by her stepdad and my paternal grandmother. And because we are, as I like to call it, Midwest nice, we don't talk about it. In fact, we don't talk about my Aunt Gina at all anymore. This life was so cruel to this woman, and yet she lived an incredibly beautiful life in every way she could. My Aunt Gina was the heart of every room she walked into. The warmest, brightest, safest spot to be always. Her laugh still rings in my dreams, and I feel her hugs all the time. She fought an incredibly rare at the time, like I don't know if it still is, but a specific type of brain cancer for over 10 years. She beat it once and was in remission for a few years, but um, we lost her to her second battle five years ago. My aunt actually is who taught me that love could heal anything. She forgave everyone because she was that type of woman. And she honestly never got justice, criminally- or even within our family, and I've always felt so compelled to fight for her the way that she fought for everyone that she met, which made me feel helpless that I couldn't, because I didn't know how to help, because I was a kid, because I didn't know the full story. So here's the only thing I can do to help this woman that I love. Here's the only thing I know how to do, which is tell the truth. Not one of us deserved that angel that we called our family. And we all lost her tragically at the same time, which made me feel helpless. My biological mom being the beautifully broken little warrior that she was, and still is, the only person who ever told me the truth about my aunt so that I knew what to be wary of when I was at my dad's alone, which included much, 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 much more than just this perspective, Because that motherfucker was a wife-raping, abusive alcoholic, and heroin junkie with the emotional intelligence of a first-grade storybook, which honestly is exactly perfect for his reading level. All things that made me feel helpless, and I was very aware of them. But my mom left my dad, hence, she wasn't there. And here we are. My mom is brilliant and bold and fierce as fuck. Fierce as fuck. She is the life of the party and the cheerleader always. Her heart is good, no matter how scared and bottled and inebriated it is, but it is a good heart indeed. With that said, my mom is also the biggest enabler of my helplessness. She is a dry drunk, and a drunk, depending on the season of life, and I am the deflector that my mom has built into her vessel to help keep any light from that truth She married my stepdad, who does fiercely quote-unquote love my mom. I'm honestly not even saying he doesn't. But if anyone bullied and traumatized my child mentally, verbally, and emotionally even once, I would not give a fuck what they claimed they felt about me. My daughter is the best part of me. The woman you claim to love, even on her worst days, she is twice of everything I aspire to be as a person. If you could ever hurt her and still tell me you loved me, it is an absolute lie and boy fucking bye. That's my position. But my mom is the helpless enabler, remember? So obviously, that's not how that shit went down, okay? <laughs> Nor was that news receptively heard. It likely never will be. I will likely always have this dynamic with them. And it has alienated me from my entire family. Who is okay with that? Because my mom talks mad shit and my stepdad gets off on it. Which is likely the only way that they get it going if they even do these days. I don't fucking know. But all of those things perpetuate my feelings of helplessness. When I feel helplessness like that, I hear Gina calling to me, the way that she has my whole life, as my role model, as the only person in my entire family who never spoke a word out of anything but love for me, saying, always find the strength to fly, which happens to be my bicep tattoo. Love you forever and always, and then some. Because she always taught me, if you can find the strength, all you have to do When you feel helpless is to fly away, which is how I live my life and always have, in all honesty. Like when I was nine, I woke up in the middle of the night to what I thought was a thunderstorm. I walked two blocks by myself to my dad's girlfriend's house when I realized that he wasn't in the house that I was in. She is the one who taught me how to do this, mind you. I told my mom when she picked me up that weekend and she was pissed. Oh my God, she was pissed. Honestly, we never spoke of it again. Over 10 years later, I found out that it was not a thunderstorm at all. There was a drug deal that went sideways on the other side of the trap house my dad had, and there were bullets that were shot into the house. If I hadn't left, I probably wouldn't be here. So like I was saying, when I was 29, aka the past few months, since we haven't been friends long enough for you to know exactly how old I am, or other random shit about me, you know, like my favorite number, or I don't know. Who is an acceptable Funko Pop character to get me if you were interested in loving me like my friends would love me? I'm 29, turn 29 in May. My favorite number is 24, and all of them are acceptable, except for sports characters and rich white dudes who were only made into figurines because of their privilege. So like, no president Funko Pops, but yeah. I think that's about it. Everybody else is totally acceptable. Now we're acquainted. So let's talk about 29. I lost my family, my cat. I got COVID. I hate my job. I hate this state and in general because I was so helpless. Life made sure I felt it, you know, with money and bills and stupid people and all the normal things that you have to deal with too, which are all important for context. Remember how I said no nitty gritty or pity? Yep, all of that's real because helpless, I am not. Just please hold on because there is just one more perspective that we have to touch in order to get into this episode. I would have never, ever, ever come to the conclusion and to the place of this place of acknowledging that I have been the biggest perpetuator of this helplessness without this context also. Whether that's because I have literally survived this way or I subconsciously self-sabotage, which is absolutely a real thing that I do, honest to God, even consciously. Shout out to our imposter syndrome episode specifically. But also, welcome to Taboos. Check out any episode. They are all important as fuck and I self-sabotage in all of them. Enjoy! Enjoy! But I'd never come to this place without meeting the man that I love. And for the sake of this conversation, we're just going to say his name is Logan. He's the guy that we talk about in our men's mental health episode. If y'all want to hear about how much I love this man in a setting outside of a hippy dippy one, that's absolutely fine. I would suggest it. It's a really good episode. So I met Logan on Plenty of Fish of all fucking places In the weirdest fucking way, inexplicably, in a comedy of errors, if you will. And I just knew from the moment that I saw him in that thumbnail, I was like, oh, my fucking God, I would do all the things to him with my mouth. Yes. Mm." yes, ma'am, thank you, basement flooded, on the spot, done deal, read the bio and it said some stupid ass quote about being a military man or some fucking, I don't know, America shit. I honestly don't remember and he's laughing his ass off right now as I struggle with this detail. He would also be telling you exactly what it said if he were here along with exactly what my first message was in response to said bio. Because even though at the time I was ignorant and sheltered, I absolutely still had opinions. Oh, you bet I did. And from the moment his response hit my phone, I watched the notification come in at 11.33am on December 13th, 2018. I knew I loved this man from that exact minute. And sure as shit, I was fucking right. This is absolutely a hate-to-say-I-told-you-so moment, but, like, to myself, you know, because I'm such a little sadist. (laughs) From that message on, we were on this roller coaster, which is the episode content we are all here for, right? It's coming, I promise. You asked how I was, remember? The, The first time that we spoke on the phone, we talked for eight hours, literally. Straight shot. All-nighter. Several battery changes took place, in fact, because Bros Phone was sketch. And we did that every night for days, which turned into weeks, which turned into months. Because Logan lives in Indiana, which if you've never been, can be described both as the automotive elective class as well as the home economics class of this metaphorical high school that is our country because I like visuals. And I will also shout out to Amish cooking every chance I get forever. Thank you, dear Amish community, even though you will likely never hear this gratitude. I am very grateful for your cooking. 317 miles, three kids, and three exes stood between this man and I along with our communication problems, normal relationship shit, all of it, okay? Normal life shit that under any other circumstance, I would recognize, I felt helpless, and I would dip like ranch. But this man, this man who carries his soul in his eyes, this man whose arrogance makes me want to punch him, while his stubbornness also makes it impossible to stay mad because he's just... (sighs) He's like, he's like a puppy trying to get a treat out of the toy. He's just, he's like so close and then he gets mad and then he throws it and then he lays down with this like heavy sigh and then he tries again forgetting that the treat is still in the toy that he so arrogantly thought would be so easy to get the first time. Wash, rinse, repeat. It's not always cute like that though. I just, for the record, need to say that because I'd never threatened to punch a puppy, obviously. And all of that has stood between... <laughs> I would never a magic puppy okay, I'm sorry. we're back We're back to this conversation. All of those things have stood in between this man and I for over two and a half years, and I still feel that feeling I got in my soul when I say his name or he says mine today, just like I did on December thirteenth, twenty eighteen, the day we first virtually met, if you want to call it that. The same feeling I got on December 13th, 2020 when rather than being able to express our relationship made me feel helpless, I said I was unhappy. Which Allie would be absolutely scoffing if she were here because saying I was unhappy is me being Midwest nice about the entire situation. I loathed myself and this man reminded me of that every day simply by loving me the way he did and also by the way he treated me at 11:33 a.m. on December 13th, 2020, the words i can't do this anymore i'm so unhappy in our relationship fell out of my mouth to an unsuspecting logan when his deep, gravelly, calm and steady voice with the most authentic and comforting southern drawl said Hey babe, what's up? I'm confident that he was assuming I was calling about something, anything, other than to tell him that our relationship made me feel like I had to choose between his happiness or mine, and for my literal survival, I had to choose mine. When I chose, I could not be helpless anymore. And I shut out everyone, in every way, every day. Not in like a crazy isolation way. I still showed up every day with a smile on my face because that's just who I am in every explainable aspect that you could possibly apply. Use your imagination, really. I still laughed. I still loved. I still lived, you know, because the sign from Hobby Lobby I have tells me I should or is it that I'm supposed to? I honestly couldn't figure it out. And then One day after the next, all of these random things that kept coming around that made me feel absolutely helpless just needed to fucking go because they immediately became a threat to my literal survival. My friend Kelly made me feel helpless because she has zero respect for my time or space or energy, as well as proving to me that she has zero regard for my boundaries. I am no longer helpless to that and that relationship. Clean break, love and light unfazed by her absence because my peace is far more valuable to me than her presence and that's okay to say shout out to my first girlfriend katie i cherished all of our time together and all five days that we were official You abandoning me consciously and intentionally as a trained mental health professional while I was quite literally physically helpless made me terrified to date women and terrified to see a mental health professional, which honestly pushed me the only place I had left to turn for healing, which was spirituality. So thank you. My boss Holly made me feel helpless when I informed her that my rent was being raised and I needed to be paid my worth rather than the flame pile of dog shit that I get paid, and she immediately responded with, quote, have you considered moving? End quote. Along with some corporate literature bullshit about short-term disability and FMLA as the solution that she could offer me, because although the company can't pay me enough to be healthy, she wants me to be healthy because she's worried about me. She's worried about my mental health and my performance lately. She says that she's so worried about the way I respond in saying I can't move, which is the only response that I have as tears stream down my face at this betrayal, knowing that she better than anyone should empathize with our situation. Did I mention that $200,000 custody case from hell that made me feel helpless? I honestly can't remember if I did or didn't mention it at this point, but She had one too. So when this woman tells me that she was worried about me hurting myself while I'm in the process of recognizing that I am not only helpless, but alone, I see this moment as her or I. And I choose me. And now I associate that helplessness with not only our company, but with corporate America, with America in general, with capitalism, and with the fate of humanity sometimes, if I'm being really fucking honest. Not like because I'm crazy, because I've been conditioned to be this way, and I know that now. The difference between nine-year-old Celeste and 29-year-old Celeste is that nine-year-old Celeste had no choice. The instinct to survive is what pulled me forward, right? But here's the plot twist, my breakthrough moment, the thing that this show has been the foundation of, my process of healing and working through the traumas and trials that the universe and I agreed to. But in normal human words, this show has been my journey of self-discovery. And you've been here with me the whole entire time. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in every week, for the feedback, for the reviews and rates and shares and merch and all of it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being there for me in that way in my most helpless time. Thank you. Okay, but listen, you remember how Logan and I broke up? Yeah, in this life, we sure fucking did but it's a lot deeper than that. And I just want to really say Logan is 100% his alias. So you won't figure it out. I promise. It is also the name of my favorite sex toy. Shout out to our episode on sex toys. It was named that previous to this content. And also it's ironic. And oh, I am just, um, so anyway, let's get back to this. Stay focused, Celeste. I know as my friend, You might want to hurt someone who hurt me and under any other circumstance, I promise. Ask my narcissist what my face looks like when I see a bus headed our way. I am on the edge of my seat with anticipation for karma to body slam him with a little toot toot for good measure. So you won't figure it out, I promise. Nobody needs to go hurt him. Nobody needs to handle anything. It's been handled, okay? I know as my friend you got me and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I got you too, okay? anytime we need to hide a body you give me a call but okay logan and i are different and i loathe that you want to know why because i am absolutely fucking helpless to it or i thought i was before this research which i pinky promise we are approaching our destination but i have to tell you my perspective of our relationship maybe even a perspective that you can even relate to personally or maybe you've seen before actually you know what Have you ever heard of The Notebook? It's a famous chick flick. Ryan Gosling and his fine-ass self and Rachel McAdams and her fine-ass self. They're the perspective that I want to offer for you visually as we talk about my love story titled The Special Guest Notebook. Dun-dun-dun! Shout out to anybody new here. Um, I handwrite all of my research and I use notebooks, obviously. Duh, Celeste. Fucking idiot. And, um... Mm, lost it ADHD learning to love myself um I handwrite all of my research and my notebook is our special guest notebook that's what we call it we have special guest notebooks on our tea public page if you are interested in purchasing your own special guest notebook because they make me so happy but it's the same story taboo's twist the movie depicts the characters ally and noah who fall madly in love one summer as teenagers and it's really fucking beautiful Life throws all the wrenches into the plan because it's the 50s and they were kids. And honestly, because it was significantly less complicated to have a healthy relationship, let alone a long distance one at that time. But, you know, I I digress. Okay, life tears them apart. Allie falls in love with a new dude. Noah hates his life. Tale is old as time. Right. And we're going to pause the story right there for just a second to add the sauce. Allie and Noah are twin flames. Dun, dun, dun. If you're not sure what twin flames are, and that's why you clicked on this episode, sorry, not sorry, I guess. Allie comes back for closure because she loves Noah, right? She could never consciously leave this single fabulous life without consciously reclaiming her heart from the first and only person to ever hold it. ever see the pattern in which it beats while she's asleep the first person to make her heart not only feel the spark and current of love that is different from the way that she loves her friends and family and even her fiance the first person to make her heart feel whole how could she give what's left to this new guy without saying goodbye to the other half how could she live every day the rest of her life happily With only half a heart. And as the audience, we cheer her on as she runs into Ryan Gosling's fine ass arms in the rain and she cheats on the man that she's about to commit her life to simply because loving Noah to Allie means loving Allie as her whole self. And Noah feels the same. They live happily ever after, have all the kids, all the things, and spoiler alert, they die together in their sleep at the end. It's really fucking heart-wrenching. And in the most simple and visual terms, that is the twin flame journey. Okay, how do I know that? I watched it last night with a half a pint of ice cream and a box of tissues as I sobbed my face off, watching the parallels of my life and this movie while grieving the loss of my twin flame. Shout out to my ADHD, because your girl just needed a good fucking cry, and here is where I found it, completely by coincidence, while mourning my decision to once again run away from my own twin flame, because he is still absolutely not the man I deserve. He chooses his helplessness, and I literally cannot run to safety fast enough. So I contend to the gaping wound in my chest that he left when he said, yes ma'am, and laughed for the first time in months. Two of my favorite things that he does in the same moment, plus helplessness, plus him choosing helplessness, equals a half a pint of ice cream and the notebook and this episode. Ta-da! In 1000% transparency, which is the perfect amount of context, I think, for my research and evidence to support not only my own twin flame journey, but my beliefs and my spiritual side as a whole. And before we get into it, I really just ask that you sit with this quote from the actual notebook, like like the movie, not like my actual notebook, like special guest notebook is different. I always quote my special guest notebook when it's my special guest notebook just for anybody new here just for the record I think that's important and I want to share this context with you from the movie because throughout the rest of this content I identify my feelings as quote-unquote love like that's how I talk about it in the rest of the episode because that's what it is for me like for me specifically that's how I feel those are my feelings But I need you to understand exactly how I believe in love and to what capacity. And this quote really hit. So let's go. All right. So Allie has dementia. Noah walks into her hospital room. And for the first time in years, she recognizes him immediately. And he's overwhelmed with emotion to see the woman that he loves right there in front of him, just like she was the first time that they met. Allie's tucked into her hospital bed, and she says, Can I ask you something? Noah, sitting at her bedside, says, What is it, sweetheart? Her hands tremble, her lips quiver. She inhales sharply and says, Do you think our love can create miracles? Noah nods his head, tears welling in his eyes, and says, Yes, I do. That's what brings me back to you each time. Allie responds with, Do you think our love could take us away together? And Noah said, I think our love can do anything we want it to. And then they fall asleep together for the very last time. I do believe that love is capable of miracles. I believe I am proof of that. This episode is proof of that. But I especially believe the love that I have for my twin is capable of miracles. And if that is ever going to be us together, I I don't fucking know. Probably not, honestly. I'm not holding my breath. I will find new love undoubtedly. But I can't ignore that if that love and energy can't be shared between he and I, I can share that love with you as someone I love. To hopefully offer perspective you may have never considered about the love in your life and the miracles it could bring you which is all I want as someone who genuinely just loves love. Hi, that's me, Celeste. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for letting me share that context with you, which actually leads us to our disclaimer. Today's episode is going to be a Celeste twist on a taboos topic, and I am truly so excited to share this side of me as well as the following content with you. Sincerely. And with that said, I need to go into this episode making sure that everyone is aware that this episode will be a perspective and a belief that I am proud to hold, as well as a safe space that my girl and I created for beliefs and perspectives to be shared. Welcome to Taboo's The Spiritual Edition. Please don't let that word scare you, because I assure you that I am not here selling anything. I'm not saying that y'all have to share my belief or that you're wrong for not sharing my belief. I am here to create an important conversation, relevant, tangible, and perhaps even be the answer to questions that you've asked yourself in the confines of your friendships or maybe even in your own mind. And I want to be really clear. I'm not claiming any accreditation to speak to the following other than I am a woman who has healed her heart and is proud to share her belief with anyone who it could help. I am a healer. I am an empath. I am a cosmic witch. I am a mother, a human, and I am here to create good. And that's the tone that we must go into this conversation with. The following will be based on research, personal experience, and my belief and mine alone. There will be a content warning for this episode because y'all have never heard me speak on such a personal topic that could apply to anyone in any relationship of any faith, as well as y'all are going to see an incredibly emotional side of me in this one. I mean, I mean, if you don't think you have already. <laughs> So if y'all didn't grab tissues the first time, I suggest maybe considering that is a good idea. I'm honestly not sure if y'all even know exactly who I am, even with the context that I just shared. Y'all exclusively know a side of me that so very few people see, and yet I share with everyone that I can In all honesty, before Taboos, this conversation of growth is one that Allie and I would have had directly, and it would have been heard and respected, and it would have been a really proud moment for us, because that's just how we love each other, and it would have stayed right there, unheard by someone who may have needed to hear it, no differently than the rest of our content that's delivered with fact and statistics. So this is just me again, checking in on the friendship space to make sure that we are all on the same page so that we can have this conversation one-on-one without further ado. Drum roll. Taboos proudly presents Twin Flames and Soulmates. Yes, I put them together. Just chill, just chill out, just chill out, chill. I needed to explain the difference in order to do this research constructively, but the episode is about Twin Flames. I just, okay, yes, I understand. Here we go. So let's lay some groundwork. This is really important to me. There is a difference between spirituality and religion, which will be its own fucking episode. Stay tuned. I am so fucking excited for that one. But high level, we need to discuss the difference between religion and spirituality. Because it's really important to distinguish that I am speaking to all of the following content from a purely spiritual perspective, which makes this content arguable for some people. And that's not welcome in this space specifically right now. Believe what you want. Take what you want. Leave what you want. I literally don't give one single fuck either way. You do you, boo-boo. I wish you the best. And you want to know how I can prove that? The following content is not a perspective that Allie's beliefs align with. And yet that woman has supported me every step of this entire journey and still respects, understands, and appreciates that it's mine. And that's how friendship works. Shout out to my Allie girl. I love you so very fucking much. So let's get into it. The first article I reference is religion versus spirituality the difference between them from chopra.com and chopra actually made me really laugh out loud so sit with the word chopra it is literally spelt chop ra chopra okay there we go now we're all on the same page you're welcome quote you may have heard or even used the term religion and spirituality interchangeably While they are not diametric opposites, neither are they the same. For thousands of years, humanity pursued the truth, capital T, which meant the ultimate answers to life and the universe. This perennial knowledge constitutes the answers to what are often called the soul questions. The soul questions. Those questions being, who am I? What do I want? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of life? those four. And then also I added my own because I actually recognize that this should be a soul question and I feel like it is everybody's soul question, but I don't know why the fuck it's not on here. So I put it the fuck on here. Welcome to taboos. Also being, what is the meaning of my life? My life specifically, me, Celeste, but also not me, Celeste, you, my friend, like your life. Ask yourself, have you ever asked yourself that question? That's a lot of questions I just brought up and I'm sorry. Here we go historically from the perspective of the soul there have been two foundational routes to discover these truths right so a soul can have all these questions and then there are two paths that it could take arguably first path being religion the second path being spirituality although they have many similarities and there is a relationship between the two there is a difference end quote I would like to offer really seriously, there are other paths that include atheism, people who identify as agnostic, and science-based belief systems. I also would actually like to offer uh for anybody who is curious about what a visual representation of the difference between spirituality versus religion just again from that perspective uh Frozen 2 actually absolutely changed my fucking life. Shout out to Frozen 2. Elsa is absolutely on a spiritual journey. Anna is absolutely on a religious faith-based journey as far as the way that they're practiced and it's absolutely fucking beautiful and stunning, amazing. Disney don't sue us. Because I just need you to know I don't want you to sue us ever. Thank you. We only have $12. So let's talk about some definitions. Mm Okay. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Yes. Mm -hmm. Have a great day. Religion is defined by, quote, a personal set or institutionalized system. Those words feel weird to me. Of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. The service and worship of God or the supernatural end quote. Hmm. You know what words I feel yuckiest about in, in that whole definition? Institutionalized system. I'm gonna let you sit with that one. Spirituality is defined as, quote, on the other hand, spirituality connotates an experience of connection to something larger than you, end quote, which I, Celeste, am gonna tell you that can mean fucking anything, That can mean anything that is out there that exists outside of us and that it's all connected in some way, however the fuck you rationalize that. And then the quote actually ended with, quote, as well as living everyday life in a reverent and sacred manner, end quote. That makes me so happy because honestly, even just saying those words out loud made my soul fucking tingle with excitement and purpose and confidence because this is how I live my life. This is me. Per Dr. Christina Pochelsky, a leader in trying to incorporate spirituality into healthcare, puts it, quote, Spirituality is the aspect of humanity that refers to the way individuals seek and express meaning and purpose, and the way they experience their connectedness to the moment, to self, to others, to nature, and to the significant or sacred. End quote. Spirituality in healthcare will absolutely fucking be an episode because guess what? My body is incredibly sensitive to foreign chemicals and or any amount of external hormone circulating through me because I have worked really, really fucking hard to be one with my body, mind, spirit, emotion and self and to truly know what works for me and my body to be happy and healthy. I would really, sincerely, absolutely love to be able to have a conversation with my medical professionals to be able to work with medicine as well as with my body. That's not really a thing here in America. In America, we don't really do that unless you speak to a manager. Mm hmm. Shout out to my Dr. Danielle, however, who is the first medical professional in my entire life who has created a safe space for me to answer questions authentically, true to me and my experience as her patient with zero judgment, zero preconceived assumption that I'm fucking crazy, nothing. She just listens and hears me and makes a plan for where her world and my world meet. And that is, in my opinion, is absolutely what healthcare should be always for everyone everywhere. And it should be free. Stay tuned for that episode. But back to this shit that we're talking about today. Let's high level T-chart these concepts so that we can get through this bit to the goods that we're all really here for. So I did make this T-chart. I'd normally show Allie and she'd probably make fun of me for my little scientific research. But here we go. We're going to start with identifying the difference in origins, starting with religion quote, religions are most often based upon the lives, teachings, and beliefs of a historical or archetypal figure, i.e. Christ, Buddha, Moses, Krishna, and Muhammad. Details of their lives as holy or highly evolved beings have been carried to us across the mists of time and through oral tradition as well as written scriptures. These figures are subjects of worship, and devotion and form the foundation of religious practices and rituals in a community end quote the origin of spirituality says quote spirituality is more based upon the practical application of the founder's teachings spiritual aspirants heed the advice of japanese poet matsubasho believing quote do not seek to follow in the footsteps of the wise seek what they sought end quote And honestly, we just need to pause for one just tiny second. If that quote hit, it was meant for you. okay? if that sat with you in your soul, think about it. okay? sit with it, feel it, listen to it, figure it out. I'm so honored to have you here. Welcome. If you think I'm fucking crazy for all the shit that I just said, we're moving the fuck on. Here we go. The next comparison being that there's subjective versus objective. Quote, formal religion is often an objective experience, meaning there is usually a greater focus on the externals, end quote. Examples of this being house of worship or books of scripture, external rituals, etc. Quote, this is the equivalent of object referral in which your attention is placed upon the objects in your experience, end quote, meaning the physical book. Rosaries, crosses, honestly, also even like just going to mass at church physically. Quote, Spirituality leans more towards self-referral or the internalization of your awareness of your soul. Spirituality is an inward journey that involves a shift awareness rather than some form of external activity, such as spirituality is much more about inner understanding than outer worship. This is not to say that worship is not part of spirituality. It is a matter of where the devotion and worship are directed, for example, being to an external practice object or figurehead, as well as to your soul, higher self, or divinity within. I really believe that the following comparison is the most arguable reason why people not only don't understand, but in all honesty, what they fear about spirituality. And that is the perspective of organized versus formless. Quote One of the hallmarks of religion is its organization. It is a structured, frequently rule based construct that, to some degrees, governs the behaviors of its members. Moral rules laws and doctrines as well as specific code and criteria create the organized structure that contains the religion's specific belief system this isn't necessarily a bad thing in previous more uncertain times the rules and dogma of organized religion helped give society a sense of certainty which helped to guide and comfort those whose faith is lacking end quote So honestly, there are pros and cons to this. I identify that. These are my personal opinions, my personal pros and cons. Let's let's hammer them out. The pros specifically of religion, a readily available and quote unquote normalized sense of community being one of the pros. Another being that there's a common understanding of the expectation of behavior, right? Like on Wednesdays, we wear pink kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like then if you show up on Wednesday in blue, it's fucking weird. Kind of like that. And the guiding principles of faith, honest to fucking God, in my opinion, are beautiful. That's real. The cons, in my opinion, being that you are one of many, which I don't love. Different equates to morally wrong. Also, don't fucking love that. And it's honestly all a business with an agenda and capitalism, and it's fucked because of that reason. And there's the biggest con. Yes, it is true. Here we are now. Quote, Spirituality, though, breaks free from the restrictions and rigid structures sometimes associated with traditional religion. The spiritual aspirant recognizes they are on a quote-unquote pathless path of self-discovery. They are not following a set of external rules, but their own inner call to spirit. In this way, spirituality can sometimes feel like a rebellious act of going solo and leaving the tribe, end quote. I need to say I don't love that they use the word tribe and just bear with me. Let me tell you why. Tribe specifically is a term that is used by indigenous cultures. And I really think that it's very, very fucking interesting that the racist slant is even present as we compare religion to spirituality. I am a spiritual person. I don't, I don't belong to a tribe. That's, they are not synonymous at all. Okay. I need that to be said. So, mm mm-hmm. Let's not use tribe as a word to describe a group of fucking people, okay? There's literally any other word that could be used, unless you're using it to accurately describe an indigenous tribe. Yes, thank you. Carrying on. Yes, mm mm-hmm, okay, yep, all right. Glad we're on the same page. Love you. I would also like to offer, or in my case, where most of the people around you consider this form of healing makes you mentally ill or reckless or unstable or bipolar, selfish, narcissistic, ignorant naive the list goes on and fucking on and i am here to say for anyone who has never heard it you are not fucking crazy for listening to your body you are not fucking selfish For expecting people to respect your energy and spirit the same way we demand respect for our physical bodies, our feelings, and our ideas. They don't have to like that you connect with yourself the way that they connect with their God. It does not invalidate your experience. And that's the beautiful thing about believing. That's the beautiful thing about faith, and that's what I fucking love about faith. And for anybody who still wants to argue that spirituality is evil while religion isn't, you tell them that Hitler was a religious man and Mother Teresa was a spiritual woman. Although both identify as the same faith, it was their practices that we remember them for. And one of them was the most embarrassing shit stain on the underwear of white people for the rest of eternity, while the other was Mother fucking Teresa. Okay, good talk. Shout out to my girl. If you don't know, Mother Teresa said that she spoke to God in her head and they made her a fucking saint because she was a good human being. Mm -hmm. Yes, she was. And that's honestly where we're going to stop that part of this conversation. But if y'all would like more Spiritual Addy episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. And I would be happy to do more because I get off on the shit. I also want to just pause and really acknowledge that there are so many more types of relationships out there. And there are very normal, healthy, perfectly acceptable terms to call the person that you call your person okay we need to just like have this little name identifying chart for just a second because that's how i wrote it in my head that's how i wrote it in the special guest notebook the the actual physical notebook not okay Mm -hmm. some of those include husband wife life partner teammate co-parent sugar baby daddy mama home my safe place best friend boyfriend girlfriend my human my favorite person. I just need to time out on that one especially for people with mental complications like borderline personality disorder. My favorite person is specifically a very very important title and baby mama baby daddy in a consensual and flirty way is a totally normal title to be used. If it's derogatory in any way it absolutely is not and get fucked if you use that shit as an insult get better material. Your fucking kids deserve it. I'm sorry to say it that way, my friend, my dear friend, but I would say that shit to any friend of mine. So I really recognize that all of these terms are valid and accurate representations of relationships. Honestly, I do. But they feel very superficial to me, on paper at least. And they really feel like a way that we normalize emotional shallowness as a society. Which is really, really fucking weird to me. The spiritual one. The opinionated one. The curious little compulsive thing that I am simply cannot accept shallow connections and labels that make people more comfortable with the way that you love. Aren't we all talking about how love is love right now? That statement is true. It's true no matter what it looks like. Shout out to our Love is Love series and all of the amazing fucking content in that entire series. Our asexuality episode is one of my favorite episodes of all time in the history of life on any show ever. So shout out to Danielle from Geesebumps. I really think that Hating someone for the way that they love is just the absolute most idiotic and outright offensive thing a human could do to another human. No matter what their personal beliefs and fears, love is love is love. And here we operate from a place of love and light. It isn't just some cute shit that I say, you guys. I live this way, but I digress because this episode isn't about marriage equality at all. So also stay tuned, okay? As well as, these titles can relate to people outside of romantic relationships. It can, honest to fucking God, in all her glory, can apply to any relationship. Any relationship, which really scares people because it's a normal perspective, which I get. So we're going to talk through this together, I promise. It is my absolute intent and manifestation that by the end of this bad boy, you'll at least have gained a valid understanding and how it could apply to you in the way you love people because the rest is up to you anyway. And that's what spirituality is. Normally, I'd give you the technical definitions first, but to make this comfy for you two, I'd like to start with a story about my first soulmate and the analogy I've used since the first time she said, can we hug my alley girl, my Alejandro, my blueberry, my best fucking friend, the woman we all know and love and admire for her immeasurable kindness paired with her undeniably fucking dry and usually morbid sense of humor. (laughs) The woman we are all so fortunate to get to know because she is one of the most incredible people on this planet. Humble brag, that is my best friend. Friend, hey. The story of how we met is actually up on our Patreon, so you can go check that out with any one of our beverage options, tears. I don't fucking know what we decided to call it. I I just work here. Allie would tell you all the real things. Just love me. Okay, thank you. But Allie was actually the first person in my life that I was consciously aware of. Her love on impact. I always joke that the universe shifted when we did in fact hug. With no further words exchanged, which is hella weird for all of y'all who don't really know our girl, she likes her personal bubble. If you're team dead inside, you know Allie doesn't subscribe to anything but fact, proof, and a few sites specifically in her private tab. (laughs) Shout out to our BDSM episode if you're new here. So the first time my unawakened, hippy-dippy little 23-year-old self tried to explain the concept of a soulmate, it went something a little like this. Imagine a zip strip with me, okay? For anybody who adults better than I do, this is also called a surge protector or outlet extender. It's, you know, (laughs) come on. It's the plug that is nothing but a plug for more plugs okay, to be plugged into. There's a lot of plugs. There's so much plugging. Okay, moving the fuck on. (laughs) We're calling it a zip strip because that's what it is in my house. Mind your business. Thank you, ma'am. The human soul in the context of soulmates is you. You are the zip strip, okay? You're not plugged into anything and you're not providing power to anyone. You just are. You just exist. And that's okay. It's your decision on how you exist and what you plug into and who you allow to plug into you. And that is not a sexual reference. Please bear with me. When soulmates come into our life, their soul is plugged into our soul, and there's instant electricity. A soulmate connection is undeniable no matter what those words look like in terms of label. Allie would tell you that I'm her ride or die if she were on this episode with us right now because that's what our friendship means in her terms. And ride or die, I fucking am for this woman. Everyone who knows me personally will tell you that Allie is my fucking human. Any of the people in my life know if I had to choose between them or Allie, if I ever had to save anybody from lava sharks, Allie is who I am choosing every single time and I am so proud of that connection. I am so proud that we get to share that connection with y'all. I am so proud of what we've created. Shout out to my Allie girl. I love you always and forever and then some. If you're one of those friends who's thinking some pretty filthy things right now, as I just very passionately expressed how much I love my best friend, How much I passionately love this woman because it implies a little something something. I am going to let you have your fantasy, okay? Shout out to all of our content that will fuel that shit. You are fucking welcome. (laughs) But hold on to your panties because we are not there yet. I just needed us to be on the same page about the zip strip and soulmates and Allie and all the things I love. Love all this. Okay, cool. How is this different from a twin flame is the other big thing that we should probably get on the visual board because it's not the same so let's talk about that in celeste terms too real quick i have a twin flame i knew from the moment i saw his face that i just knew him the way that i knew myself and i knew that everything that led us to one another that was weird as fuck is still weird as fuck we still are weird as fuck in all honesty and we likely always will be because that is a twin thing And we'll get into it. Just hold up. Just one second. Please hold. In spiritual belief of those who share my belief would tell you that upon our soul's creation, quote unquote, we, meaning I, Celeste, comma, the zip strip, was split into two. One divine masculine energy, or a male presenting half, and one divine feminine energy, or the female presenting half. Where this gets complicated is this one zip strip actually has three existences. Once as the masculine, once as the feminine, and once as the two halves of the same zip strip. Two halves of one soul that has lived in previous existences. Shout out to Reincarnation. Love that shit. So fucking much. I get off on Reincarnation and stay tuned for that. This soul, previous to being split, has already lived two previous existences. The theory being that our soul is the same in each existence. The variable being our physical human body. But you've heard the saying, we are what we attract. Okay, literally, this is that. And I want to be clear. I don't mean that in the sense of, I like dogs, so he likes dogs too. Let me say this the way that I believe to be true so that you know where I'm really coming from. We attract people whose vibration matches ours. In fact, we attract people, places, things, and ideas that match the vibration that we emanate. Because from my spiritual perspective, all things are not only connected, they present their own energy. Again, stay tuned for that shit, but more importantly for me to say to you, if you've never considered that perspective before this moment, and here's me offering the perspective that you may be able to relate to. Have you ever heard the saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future? Shout out to Mrs. Grabarchak for teaching me that shit. I will forever be grateful for you for that. What I'm talking about is that same philosophy, because if you spend time with millionaires, you think like a millionaire, right? Someone can't be in a room with incredibly successful people who have built themselves up from nothing and feel sorry for themselves because it will create awkwardness and jealousy and resentment, which are all very powerful energies that can be seen, felt, and heard in all aspects of this person. It's in their body language, their confidence level, their location in the room if they're making eye contact, or if they seem ashamed to look up. Or this person could consciously choose to make themselves match the vibration of those around them. They could acknowledge their posture and make an awareness to keep their confidence in check. Like, I can show up making sure that I listen to the way that these people think, question, empathize, Or if they don't empathize, lack of empathy is just as fucking telling to me as it is the presence of. All things about myself that I can also control. This might have been a hippy-dippy side tangent. I'm not even sure. I'm probably rambling at this point. From that environment, I take what resonates with me and I leave what doesn't. Because if I don't agree, I learned something. I gained a perspective and I raised my vibration. It's then my choice to continue that vibration or not, which comes with healing and a journey to get to know yourself to make that energy sustainable. The exact same way those millionaire friends we were just talking about made their money sustainable. Because nothing that was meant for you in this life will come for free and it will never come from someone else. They will come to you when their vibration matches yours or is put in your path to challenge stagnation. You know, like when life brings us a series of events that really make us question what we could have possibly done to deserve the shit that life brings us. It's moments like that that we truly get to choose how we're going to move forward. We get to choose between feeling sorry for ourselves or controlling what we can and leveling the fuck up. If it sounds too easy, you're not wrong. It does. And it is. But I promise you, it isn't easy. Nor is it meant to be. Nor is it meant for everyone. So believe what you believe, boo-boo. As long as it doesn't hurt others or deprive others of their feelings and beliefs, it literally does not fucking matter to me. The mentality applies to anyone and everyone as human beings. Spiritual intention not included and sought separately. Follow us for more free life tips. Also, unrelated but related, because we've definitely said this on this show in our imposter syndrome episode, it is never ever about what you know. It is always about who you know. So your vibration matching that of people you aspire to be is really fucking important. I need you to keep that in mind. But back to my concept, but back to my concept of vibration applies to all people. Other than (laughs) your twin flame, which can be really confusing. So let's go back to that for a second. We have absolutely no requirement or limitation or any sense of control over our situation with our twin flame. Other than to take the journey of making our two halves whole again, which is a bonus level from the universe and absolutely nothing more. Or to not and to journey the rest of this life in physical being independently. I had a conversation with Tiny about my twin flame and I to explain to her the situation that I was experiencing because I've been really sad about it and really struggling with it. And I wanted her to understand that I don't feel... I don't feel hopeless for love. I know that I will find love even if my twin and I are not the answer. I know that I will live a life full of love and opportunity and beautiful things, and I deserve that. But it doesn't change the fact that losing my twin has really fucked with me, (laughs) and my daughter knows it. Also because my daughter is also an empath, and she is also connected to my twin because she loves him very fucking much. I mean, he's her papa bear so that's very fucking normal and I want my daughter to understand this separation and why it's so difficult for me because she sees me firsthand witness of me removing other toxic people from my life no differently than she would watch me papa zit I mean seriously it's it's literally not that big of a deal for me and I know that she thinks it's really bizarre that I can't just let him go So we had this conversation and I want to share it with you too because I think it will also help this visual perspective. Twin flames are like a yin and yang and we're going to talk about that more specifically about Logan and I in just a second but twin flames as a whole represent in this philosophy the yin and yang. I know that Logan is my yin and I am his yang and we would live a beautiful life in black and white. It would be timeless but I also know that if we can't make that yin and yang the zen and peace and serenity that yin and yang is supposed to represent, that's okay. We will both move on to find the opportunity of loving someone in full spectrum color because we both deserve that. If you can't say that about somebody who you have claimed to have loved in your life, I promise they're not your twin fucking flame. (laughs) I, can't, I promise because I would never say that shit about my narcissist ever. I would never get that philosophical and that deep and that real with you and that emotional with you about literally anybody else. And this man has put me through the fucking ringer, you guys. This man has really tipped my whole world upside fucking down. And my Gemini self doesn't know how to love him when I hate him at the same time. <laughs> Welcome to my complex little existence. I hope that analogy was helpful for you. It really was helpful for her, and it really opened up a fantastic conversation for us about healthy relationships. So that was the other reason I wanted to share it with you in case you wanted to share it with your kids, if this is something you subscribe to, or maybe even relationships as a whole. But here comes the part that I've really, really struggled with. How could the process be to have this person, to have this yin to my yang? How could the option of being unwhole be okay? I've really, really struggled to grasp that. This is the exact thing that I have struggled with, and I have spent thousands of hours meditating and reflecting and healing and listening and breathing and crying and. Growing, and I am so proud of my ability to make the connections to answer my own questions until all of my planes of existence are satisfied with the answer. I know, shout out to being spiritual and neurodivergent. hey But this one concept right here has haunted me to my core because I simply could not fucking grasp it. I couldn't get there because... Hi, I have extreme abandonment issues and inner child trauma that needed and will continue to need healing and that is all part of the motherfucking ride baby. Enjoy every second of it as much as you can. I promise it will be worth it even when it feels like it won't be and I really didn't even come to that place until I met my girl Dez. I actually met Dez last summer protesting And we have really only been getting to know each other for a very short time. But in sitting with our connection and its validity, I really found the answer to my question. So shout out to my girl who is absolutely emotional, but also probably mortified right now by the spotlight. Sorry, not sorry. I love you so much. I do, I do. It occurred to me in my process and in my faith. I know that I have known Des, "quote unquote, my whole life." In socially acceptable words, but in taboo's words, I've known her my whole existence honestly, woo-woo moment, I'm really sorry, but I have to say it because it's part of this explanation. Time is irrelevant in the spiritual perspective, which I know sounds fucking insane. Trust me, there is a good chance that I am about to lose you. I know that Allie is about to check out for sure. I promise I have research to support my beliefs, but just stay tuned. As my friend, it's important to me that you understand my thought process for this conversation. Please remember that I am sane and logical and factual on every other episode that we have. This is just a different side of me that y'all have not heard yet. But my favorite side of me is when the two came together. So welcome to this episode, baby. This shit is that. So other high level bullet points that we just need to get out there to make this thought process make sense. Reincarnation releases us from this physical form, meaning me, Celeste stay tuned, different episode. How it works from there, I'm not really sure. I haven't gotten to that part in my research. And in all honesty, I am not here to claim that I am an expert in any motherfucking way i do recommend though the movie soul if you've never seen it on disney it absolutely fills this gap conceptually and also shout out to the fucking beautifully portrayed black culture and black life and black love demonstrated within this movie tiny and i fucking love the movie soul love 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 which also offers its own process in philosophy if y'all want that to be an episode two and then we start over which has also, again, its own process and philosophy. If y'all want that to be an episode, just let me know on our socials. I am sincerely really asking. If y'all don't say anything to me, I will not be making it. So holla at your girl if that is a yes for you. Thank you so much. When we start over, our souls, meaning who I am and who they are, in each physical existence played out in physical form, Have the chance at this bonus level again and again and again until both halves get their shit together, both individually, and then they can attempt to figure it out together. Otherwise, we will keep playing this bonus round for eternity, which really just means choosing to find your twin in each existence, breaking one another and healing independently all over again. True heartbreak in every life we live which is why self-love is so important in terms of relationships. Peep, our Love Thyself episode, if you want to hear about this from a less hippy-dippy perspective, absolutely no offense taken. It is a great fucking episode. I am so proud of it. But what this also means from my and Millions of other spiritual people's perspective is that we get to fall in love with our twin over and over and over. And how beautiful is that? As well as we get to fall in love with ourselves over and over and over. And how could that possibly ever be a bad thing? How could we possibly ever be mad about that or even deny the opportunity to talk about that, right? Even if for you it's just a fun thing to think about. But truly, these are my beliefs. So before we can move on to the next portion of my research, there is a disclaimer for this section. And the disclaimer reads, there is only one twin per existence. So no, this is not a toxic relationship that you cannot leave or escape from in a physical presence. This is love and connection and magnetism that stays true no matter how much time, space, healing, self-love and respect have been gained. I have loved my abuser, and I have loved my twin, and I have loved souls in between. And I promise, when you are dealing with abuse versus divine connectedness, you know it. You know the difference. And I'd like to offer my experience of understanding as an example. My abuser, and my narc, I'd rather do and feel inexplicable things to myself than ever have him near my energy ever again (sighs) everything about his soul tells my soul his soul is claimed by something that is dangerous to me like detrimentally dangerous to me the things i feel when i consider logan can only be summed up as i have hated him the same way i have hated myself when there was no one i hated more than myself And yet, even after that, I love him the way that I love myself. With patience and respect. With hope at some point we'll reunite, but also with comfort and contentment if we don't. Because even if we can't get it together in this life, we will in another. And at that point, the man I love and deserve and want will be completely present because he will have healed himself to be so. And he will meet the woman that he loves and deserves and wants who is completely healed to be entirely present because she has healed to be so. And I can't wait to experience that existence together. Honest to fucking God. But if it is not in this lifetime, that is okay. It's okay to say that and feel that and believe that. It doesn't make you crazy or weird or desperate to believe that when y'all reach the versions of yourselves that are meant to be and will in fact be, just because there is no proof or data to support this belief to be true does not mean that it isn't. And that's the beauty in belief. And we're each entitled to believe what is true for us, unless you believe in like, Racism and pedophilia and homophobia, anything that involves hurting animals or kids or like hurting in general, hurting, hurting, not as much so, but like everything else, okay, not hard. Everything else, believe it, get it. And I think on that note, we should be all caught up on the main differences between a soulmate and a twin flame, from my perspective at least, and we're caught up in a friend space. So let's get into some research and perspective that's not my own, just like I promised would happen. I found the following article titled, The Difference Between Soulmates and Twin Flames Explained by MindBodyGreen.com. I wanted to start with the definition of a soulmate. Quote, think of a soulmate as someone cut from the same energetic cloth as you, end quote. I agree to this. 100% felt, felt, 1 billion percent aligned, Yes. And as your friend, I'm asking you to just sit with, do you have someone in your physical quote-unquote presence or life that comes to mind when I said those words? Right, wrong, or indifferent to circumstance, but rather feeling? That hum in your heart that makes you feel the electricity we talked about from being plugged into that zip strip? The friend like Allie? The friend like Des? But maybe also the friends that have been who electrified your soul for a spark. But that appliance doesn't or couldn't stay because it wasn't meant to. You feel like you were made to love this person, just like you were made to breathe. It just happens always. And like, if we go back to the appliance analogy, we don't leave our toaster plugged in 24-7. Know why? Because you don't need a fucking toaster 24-7. our fridge however dot 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 leaving that there (laughs) to quote babita spinelli a licensed psychotherapist and my literal actual fucking idol dead ass serious quote a soulmate is about a love connection but also about a connection with someone who accepts you and knows you Soulmates are often described as a strong connection between two people, end quote. And that can be anyone. Romantic partners, friendships, soul families, kindred spirits, the collective, your person, your people, hell or high water, those people are soulmates. Your children, those people are soulmates. She went on to say, quote, A soulmate is a person ideally suited as a life partner or close friend. So the analogy that I make with Allie in identifying the difference between the soul connection that she and I have versus other friends of mine who have been along for my soul journey. I recognize that when Allie and I got plugged in together, she became a part of me. She became a source of electricity to me that I cannot unplug from. I would never want to, because without her, I wouldn't feel fully alive. I would be functional, sure. And there would still be electricity flowing, but I would never want to unplug from that connection. And in fact, when we are going through shit or when either one of us are in a mental health space, like, and I try to, and there's a shift in the connection, that shit's painful. I can't imagine ever fully unplugging. And if we're going to stick with our appliance analogy, I would never unplug my refrigerator. That's why that shit's like five feet in a wall. So you can't unplug it. There are some people who are meant to stay in your life. And when they leave, we recognize that we've been unplugged and it feels terrible. And before y'all write off my girl, Babita, as a lunatic because her title is quote-unquote psychotherapist, we just need to absolutely hype up this stunning example of humanity and wisdom. Per her website, openingthedoorspsychotherapy.com, this beautiful woman in the 90s got her law degree and practiced both corporate consulting as well as legal representation at a big four firm for many years. What?! That is fucking impressive as fuck. Oh my God. I cannot. Golgasm. Right fucking there. Yes, girl. Work that shit. Okay, I'm back now. Quote, in my late 30s, I felt stuck. My relationship was falling apart and my career just didn't feel like me. I felt unfulfilled both personally and professionally. I didn't know how to manage all of these challenges. I also didn't want to keep burdening my friends and family and felt overwhelmed by opinions and advice. I just really wasn't sure what to do next. End quote. Damn! That shit hits every fucking time I read it, bro. Oh my god. (sighs) Okay. Bebita had a bumpy road and all of the incredibly mundane experiences of life That are incredibly traumatizing for each of us individually. She got a divorce. She left her career. She cried. She got depressed. She got up. She chose to show up for herself every single day to heal. And in the process, she found her purpose was to help people with the tools that she learned on her own journey. How fucking beautiful. I wiped her. I just, I just whips her so much. She's such a good human being. I can't even stand it. Okay. Standing ovation for our fucking girl, doing good for the sake of doing good for others. If that makes her crazy or unreliable or a non-credible source of information, y'all need to reevaluate how it is that you validate information because you are learning wrong. And I am not sorry I said it. So then let's talk about what is a twin flame, quote, are often believed to be two halves of one soul or quote unquote mirrors of each other, which includes both strengths and weaknesses, end quote. I have both spiritual and paranormal feelings about mirrors, and this is me making that distinction. My spiritual being knows what mirrors really are and is super uncomforty about it. Celeste, me, myself, and I love a nice clean mirror with affirmations and fucking goals written on it for hair and makeup and literal self-reflection selfies. The whole quote-unquote normal human deal, okay? I am acknowledging that because y'all need to know that I am sane. I need to know I am sane. Maybe. This is my documented proof of me recognizing both. I don't know. But what happens... When we are in a mirror, let's move forward to that because I here we are, we're back there. I work here, it's fine. We see the reverse, right? In the most simple of terms, you have to read right to left in a mirror because it's really an optical illusion. Cool as fuck, weird as fuck, brilliant as fuck, useful as fuck, all the things, all the fucking things. So let's apply this philosophy to the concept of a twin. The yin to your yang, right? The literal invert of thyself of thyself where you are brave they cower where you are hard they are soft where you are fragile they've fortified their vulnerabilities where you are impatient they are calm and collected where you are neglected they were loved and whether the two of you are together or not that is always true until you each decide to heal your own half to be whole within your two halves together to teach ourselves how to be all of the things we loved about being whole while being with our twin. I loved the security my twin brought me, and I had to teach myself to find that for myself. I'd never have gone toe-to-toe with a drunk, loudmouth, racist motherfucker in Shingleton, Michigan, if my twin had never taught me what it meant to physically stand up against something that insulted me personally. In a way I'd never had in my whole life. In a way that no one but Allie or Nick had ever shown me to that point. Because that's real. I envied the way that my twin was so comfortable being alone. Literally. Which is both beautiful and his toxic trait. Figure that shit out. <laughs> yep. My whole life I had been absolutely terrified to be alone. So I clung and I clinged, I clunged, I, I was cling on. I don't, I don't know what that is, but Allie just laughed. So it was definitely worth it. <laughs> and I'd never have corrected that without my twin teaching me that it's okay to be myself. And sometimes it's necessary for my well-being. And at the same time, I grew such a beautiful and genuine appreciation for people who do not make me feel alone which isn't something I had ever distinguished the difference in before. I could go on and on, but we're not here to talk about me. So let me ask you, have you found a relationship that's a similar dynamic? I just ask that you keep that person in mind with the rest of this episode for context alone. If you decide to do the work and choose to connect with your twin, I am opening a safe space for you to do so. I am opening a safe space for you to accept that journey if you so choose, if your twin so chooses, if y'all choose each other, you can manifest that love and healing and growth right now, out loud or in your mind. Take what you want, leave what you don't, love and light and encouragement to anyone who took that gift and high fives to anyone who is officially confident that I have lost my shit. It is fine. Love you anyway. So Argoa Babida has some thoughts on twin flames also, and let's talk about them. Quote, Twin flames are generally described as two individuals who very intensely connect, usually a romantic partner, because of shared pain. That said, twin flame relationships aren't necessarily about love, and it often requires a great deal of inner work for two twin flames to make partnerships work. There's a common misconception that twin flames are supposed to quote-unquote complete each other, which can lead to an unhealthy dynamic between the two as people are supposed to feel complete on their own, end quote. If that is the first time anyone has ever said those words to you, yeah, me neither. Here we are now. Bebita also offers this very real perspective. Quote, Twin flames can quickly become toxic. Unlike a soulmate connection in a twin flame relationship, your twin flame may mirror your own issues, unhealthy habits or imbalances. In addition, when twin flames are apart, they may have a hard time functioning End quote belt. And so did my twin as I wrote it, whether he is aware that that energy was mine or not. But I felt it. And again, when I read it, so can't wait for him to hear this shit. That's going to be great. Sorry about that, I guess. And I want to normalize this because in my journey, no one explained this to me as anything other than their concern for my well-being. But telling someone to quote unquote get over their twin, it just doesn't work like that no matter how much we fucking wish it did. Because trust me, some of us really do wish it did work like that. I'm not even saying that's me. I'm not saying anything about anybody specifically, but I promise there are some twins who wish it was just easier to move on and forget. Allie is straight up ill when I talk about my twin because she has seen the destruction that was left in that wake. She has picked me up and brushed me off from that same thing that knocked me off course so many times that it infuriates her to think that I would ever love someone who hurt me The way that my twin has. And at the same time, she knows how I love. She trusts me when I say the crazy shit that I say about this man and I as I try to heal because that's the path that I chose. And because she loves me and wants me to be nothing but happy and loved. She would tell you that she wishes my twin would choose him the same way that I chose me. She'd say it because she's a good friend, a good person. Again, we love her so fucking much, right? But she would also say it because it's the right answer. If he healed himself the way that he needs to for his journey, like I have for mine, bonus level, here we fucking go, baby. And until or unless that healing takes place we would just forever be in the same cycle of hurting one another the same way that we have in every existence that we've been in to this point and will be in any upcoming existences. And as someone who loves love and appreciates this journey and perspective, I really can't wait for that connection. Every time we find it, even if we don't bonus level in this one. I also wanted to make it very clear that the concept of twin flame is not new and it is not exclusive to spirituality, as well as it is not always called a twin flame. So let's talk about that. I found the following information from the article titled Origin of the Twin Flame Journey from twinflameguides.medium.com. I'd like to offer the following as our formal definition of this term, because this is a real thing that we do on this show. This back-ass words format is likely destroying Allie's soul right now. I'm so sorry. Which is absolutely fine. She is team dead inside and will love this shit when I'm done. So yeah. Suffer through, baby. Web you. So I thought this was really interesting. That the term twin flame was actually coined by author and teacher Barbara Markanak. The definition being A twin flame relationship is a mirror image relationship, and the energies involved are very powerful. Quote, essentially, these relationships are spiritual connections, but they also have a physical level. That is, you can feel the connectedness to your twin, even if you have not met the twin physically. This is a very deep connection that goes beyond, quote unquote, ordinary love. I am going to offer context to that in just a second because I know that sounds crazy. Your twin flame or karma buddy is someone with whom you have been in past lives and is also your soulmate, end quote. Let's go back to quote-unquote ordinary love. This needs that context that I promised. Ordinary in this space means of purely emotional context. To love someone with all of your emotional heart. Shout out to the only boyfriend that I will ever call by name on this show, but I loved this dude named Kyle. I really did. But I assure you, as much as I loved him and his family and could absolutely have lived a perfectly happy life, I assure you ordinary is exactly what we would have always been for one another, which is also a very important perspective for me to offer. Ordinary love is what some people strive for. It's comfortable. It's predictable. It's not broken. So why fix it? It's not perfect, but it's not bad either. Some people are content with fine, and that's absolutely fine. But don't we deserve extraordinary? Isn't the love you have to offer extraordinary? Isn't love when loved extraordinary? Doesn't that extraordinary feel worth it? Because for me... It wasn't only worth it, but it saved my life. And also because we never have to settle for anything less than everything we deserve. To quote Tiny's favorite movie, never settle, even at the end of the world, which felt entirely appropriate. Shout out to the end of the world. JK, LOL. Depends on who you're asking. Moving on. In loving my twin so instantly, I learned I had the tools to love myself the same way that I had always wanted to be loved. The way he never had been. The way I never had been. And without those tools, I would have never come to this place. To this show. To this version of the woman I am today. And there is literally no version I'd rather be other than the next best version of this one, okay? I mean that. For perspective, not because I'm a narcissist. Quote, there are actually more than one written origin of the Twin Flame journey. You can find references scattered throughout a lot of different places, end quote. And we are going to fucking talk about them. Let's start with where this came from. The concept of Twin Flames is believed to have originated from a book called The Book of the Dead. This is a spiritual book written well over quote-unquote 2,500 years ago, which puts us anywhere from 25,000 to 24,000 BC, which means that it is not older than porn or the Bible or sex toys, but it is a hell of a lot older than me, so... Let's talk about some other things that came from this century just because I want to understand where civilization and human thought process was at this point for for context. So in 2560 BC, the Great Pyramid of Giza was completed. 2500 BC, rice is first introduced to Malaysia. 2500 BC, evidence of long distance trade routes to South America have been found. That one was really fucking interesting to me. And in 24,000 BC, the construction of Stonehenge began, just to name a few. No big deal. It's almost like there's definitely no way that people over 25,000 years ago could have possibly known what Twin Flames and Soulmates were, right? I mean, they didn't even have Tinder or Instagram. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how stupid I think that argument is when anybody tries to shove their pious argument down my throat to contradict my beliefs as well as historically documented evidence. It's fine. I work here, quote, this book is considered to be a religious book, and it still is used by spiritual and religious people to practice their religion. The book contains information on how you can connect with your twin flame, end quote. Per the Book of the Dead, quote, the soul dies, but it is reincarnated as a child after many lifetimes. If the soul has not found its twin flame and does not connect with it before dying, the soul will have to be reborn again and again. This means even if you've met your twin before, you might not remember it, end quote. Per the Vedic text, which originated in ancient India, which, ready to have your mind fucking blown, the Vedic texts constitute the oldest layer of Sanskrit literature and the oldest scripts of Hinduism. How fucking dope. How fucking dope. Oh my God. Okay, okay, okay. That's so cool but specifically the text called Shiva Purana. Quote, This text goes on to say that Lord Shiva told his wife Parvati about twin flames. According to this legend, it is believed that the twins will be born in different places in each lifetime, but if they don't reunite before dying, the entire soul, meaning the one zip strip, will be doomed to be reborn again and again with no twin. This means even if you have met your twin flame before, you may not remember it. End quote. Shout out to Parvati because I am getting a Parvati tattoo at some point. I love her. She is one of my favorite goddesses. Yes, girl. Love you. Next up, y'all might honestly not like this one. So, (laughs) fair warning. Quote, the origin of the twin flame is is mentioned in the Bible when Jesus said that God is like a father who has a son and is the child of the father. A male and female are paired as one and are the husband and wife. They are the twin flames. Jesus was the perfect twin flame and so was Mary. It is because of this that he was able to perform miracles. All people have the ability to perform miracles, but not all choose to use it for good, end quote. Okay, I'm just going to leave all this alone because I just, I really hate 92% of the words that I just said, especially because the article followed it with this incestual shit. And then I just 99.9% hated all of it. But here we are. Quote, mentioned in the Bible is that Jesus who had the power to create life changed water into wine, and could walk on water. Many people thought he was a twin flame. Jesus represented the male part of twin flames. Mary Magdalene was Jesus's mother, but she also represented his twin flame, end quote. Okay believe what you want to believe, but I have done foul fucking things to my twin flame with my mouth and my body and my mind for fuck's sake. So I have a very, very difficult time accepting that twin flames can be non-romantic relationships, but I am obviously biased. Twin flames are also mentioned in the Book of Mormon, described as, quote, Twin flames are believed to be part of a divine plan of love. The purpose of twin flames is to help each other and strengthen each other. The Book of Mormon mentions that twin flames will come together in the afterlife. However, the Book of Mormon also mentions that the twin flames are spirits before they are born on earth, end quote. Per the Book of Mormon, it describes the twin flames as, quote, an ideal to be looked for by the people. It is said to be a soulmate the perfect lover, and the eternal attachment. However, it is not limited to a single person. It is the connection of many people." There are other ancient religions that have this philosophy mentioned, which really invalidates any religious or spiritual argument for me, personally. Different people in different places, in different times, and different languages all have the same fucking reference. I just feel like that is a constant that we need to assess when we talk about this from a scientific perspective. Yes, thank you, I do. And thank you for hearing me say that. So all good vibes aside, there is a real downside to the twin flame that we have to acknowledge and talk about because truly... The term has been so overused and abused and now it's just some cliche or people use the terminology to justify not leaving unhealthy relationships. And I'm really not cool with that. But shout out to MGK and Megan Fox, which I am not salty about at all in any way. No, ma'am. Mind your business. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Okay, thanks. Yep. Mm -hmm. The following information came from the article Twin Flame Jealousy. An obstacle to be overcome, end quote. And then it was the same twin flame website as before. Honestly, it was just the article below it. So I was like, hey, double, amazing, quote. The union of two twin flames manifests as the most powerful connection an individual can experience during this lifetime. This type of relationship carries deep emotions that can be either positive or negative. Twin flame jealousy is very common in these bonds, which can be effectively resolved, end quote. But again, that is only if both twins choose to do the work to make that physical relationship take place and happen and function and work effectively. Because we cannot forget that we are human and relationships are hard sometimes. Always, in fact, actually. They require effort and growth and communication and healthy boundaries and respect and mutual fulfillment Those are all boxes that still need to be checked every day for everyone. And that's exhausting sometimes, but it absolutely is a choice to be made every single day, nonetheless. So let's talk about twin flame jealousy. There are two types that are described on this website, but I actually would argue that there's probably more. Here we go. The first being jealousy over the success of your twin flame or jealousy over the fear of losing your twin flame. The reason I say that there are more is because I feel like success is a very is a very targeted term to mean your success in moving on without them. I think that that is a very real function, but I also think that success in healing at a pace that they are not. I think that that's a function of twin flame jealousy. I think additionally, being jealous of the relationships that one twin may have that the other does not, I think that that also is a very real and present part of twin flame jealousy that was not included in this article, but I I really felt needed to be called out for validation. Quote, both problems originate from a weak ego, but as the twin flames evolve spiritually, this conflict disappears. Um, well... No, 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 it does not, quote unquote, disappear. Energy doesn't really work like that. And words like this discredit scientific perspective that connects even the logical and statistical brains to this concept to an extent. This weakness is overcome on one spiritual journey of healing. Ego deaths are real and painful and uncomfortable as fuck terrifying in some spots especially when you are asking questions to find answers that the majority of people around you not only don't understand but as a result question your sanity and credibility for continuing to ask questions that didn't make sense to them to even have been asked in the first place which is truly how my spiritual journey my twin my soulmates my soul connections no matter how fucking temporary they were, has been the very making of this show. I wanted to create a safe space inclusive for all. Some restrictions do apply, no joke. But a safe space to ask questions, to get answers, to learn with my best friend with a bevy in hand where no one could tell me I can't say all of the glorious random shit I have to say and all the bad words, And here we are, friend, in that space together, which is so really fucking cool to me. When I started this research, I really honestly just wanted to talk specifically about twin flames and soulmates because, hello, those words are taboo by themselves and they are entirely fucking misunderstood. I just, I need to say that. Which, once again, my lawyer brain would like to offer as evidence to say, so is love. Which is why we are all here at this point of this episode. My very favorite drug. I'm just over here being your little love drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Yep, boom, you're welcome. Because I am high as fuck on love right now. For you, for this episode, and honestly, for myself. Mm-hmm. That's new. I just, I I can't end this shit without giving a shout out to all of the people that I have met along the way who have made an impact on the formula that created to make this strain of love drug that I am sharing with you today. Make sure you tell your friends. Puff puff pass to the left, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Orderly fashion. Use your manners. Make small talk. Mingle amongst yourselves. There is enough for everyone. Just hit subscribe, share, rate, or review. I would absolutely love to make more love drug content for y'all. If you want to, just let me know. I just wanted to say thank you to the following people for always loving me as me with zero expectation. Shout out to Auntie Manda and the pups. My lair bear. Shout out to Miss Melissa, our graphic designer, and our girl Kayla. My girl Tiffany, forever a fangirl of the Tiffany and Celeste show because, baby girl, we were just meant to be. My best man, Chris Labar, who is quite literally going to stand up in my wedding as my best man. And I cannot wait to see him all dapper in his little everything being my best man because that man is a good fucking man. Yes, indeed. He is. Also, shout out to our Mr. Mayhem episode. An absolute fucking dream come true to me and to truck drivers everywhere. Thank you for your service. Shout out to my girl, Elila, my soul sister, Nubian goddess, work of fucking art. Yes, ma'am. My instant best friend, my number one hype girl and the most impressive 26 year old woman I have ever met. Baby girl, forever grateful for you. I love you so much. Also, P.S., One time, I saved our lives from a massive fucking bug. True story. It was the best moment ever. (laughs) My girl Dahlia also, oh my god, another soul sister and definitely the longest soul connection that I have ever had. She is the literal manifestation of hippie meets hood in this beautiful little brown woman who is always there for me no matter fucking what. To cry or to laugh or to put a motherfucker out. This girl, I am just... Mm. Forever grateful for you. I also want to give a shout out to Mama. AKA Heather, who was my actual spiritual introduction. You guys, I just need to tell you, this white woman is fluent in Spanish and in Mexican culture and in so many incredibly beautiful things. And she truly was the first person, the first person to teach me how to coexist as a spiritual being in a quote unquote white man's world. And I will forever be grateful for her for teaching me how to survive and balance the two because the white man's world does not allow for spirituality. I just need to make that clear. That's also part of the journey. But also we have a brujaria episode coming out. So stay tuned for that shit because that's going to be amazing. Shout out to my stylist Janae and my makeup artist Emily, as well as shout out to my girl Miriam, who is the most beautiful light worker, warrior, fucking goddess. Oh my fucking, I don't even have words for Miss Miriam, but yes love her shout out to some of the members of our podcast family because honestly you guys y'all showed up for me in ways that I don't even have words for Nikki and Ty from page turners and button mashers as always y'all pulled through and I just don't even have words thank you for checking on me thank you for your donations thank you for the love thank you for the patience everything thank you you can hear Nikki in our female in a male dominated field episode, which is called Pink Text on the Paycheck. You can hear Ty, that beautiful little blossom of fucking goodness and magic. And oh, I love Ty. He is in our Bye 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 episode, which is obviously about being bisexual. Hey, shout out to Paige from Reverie True Crime, <laughs> who is my absolute fucking little oh! I love her so much. I don't even know how to, I didn't really prepare words to describe how much I fucking love Paige, but you can go listen to our conservatorship episode about narcissistic abuse and conservatorships in our She Is Me, I Am Her episode. Fantastic episode. I'm so proud of it. And then shout out to our guy Matt from Anime Talk, which obviously, mm -hmm, yeah, that's an anime episode. It's fucking fantastic. I personally don't love anime, but you know, we here. We're here. We're here for it. We support everybody and their culture and their art and their preference and who the fuck cares. It was fascinating to learn about. If y'all just want like a really good intro episode that you're maybe on an unbiased opinion topic, I highly suggest anime. Get some. I also want to give a shout out to my grandparents, my Grammy Elaine, my Grammy Janet, and my papa, as well as my Aunt Jody and Uncle Russell. Thank y'all for always believing in me and loving me. And for taking me in as your own from day one. Y'all have no idea what you mean to me and what your love has brought to me over the past 20 years. So thank you. Y'all want to hear a story. This is how great my grandparents are. It's one of my favorite stories of my whole life. I was eight years old. We were going to bumfuck Wisconsin. Which is, yes, pretty much all of Wisconsin. But this was a bumfuck Wisconsin that I hadn't been to before. And um, we were on our way to introduce me to my stepdad's parents for the first time. I remember the whole car ride being so excited to meet them. And I told my mom and my little eight-year-old self, I'm going to call him grandma and grandpa. I just knew. I just knew I was. Mind you, I don't even call. I don't even call my grandma grandma and I just knew these people were gonna be my grandma and grandpa the ones that I had always dreamt of the ones I always wanted the cute ones who wear matching t-shirts and feed the whole family just because it brings us together who tell the same story at different volumes so in my house (laughs) stories come in loud and louder as the volume options (laughs) that's real my mom was really trying to protect me and trying not to set me up for heartbreak because strangers, right? Stranger danger, you guys, I'm eight. I'm eight, I'm very familiar with stranger danger at this point, I assure you. Funny, not funny. And she said, honey, I don't I don't know if that's a good idea. What if they're not comfortable with it? And I just shook my little head and I said, I don't care. They're my grandma and my grandpa. And I walked into their house. That smells like my grandma's cooking my grandpa's foot powder they were waiting at the end of the hall for us because it's a really fucking terribly designed hallway situation i can't explain it so we walk in the house and i'm the last person in the house my parents are setting their stuff down and my grandparents have their arms out welcoming me saying you must be celeste and i responded with you must be my grandma and grandpa." And they said, sure are, and hugged me. And it's when you meet people like that that you know you are meant to be with them. They belong to you in some way that doesn't fit into parameters. Doesn't fit on paper, right? I think we could all agree to that. But whew, I did not, I did not mean to get so emotional on that one, you guys. I'm sorry. It was mostly happy tears, I really promise. I love all of these people so much. I just, I am overwhelmed with emotion. I am the emotional one, if y'all didn't know. So shout out to Team Dead Inside once more for anybody who is really like just absolutely at a loss of words for the emotional roller coaster that we've been on today, just in this time together. And before I let you go, I really just had one more thing that I wanted to share because this was pivotal for me in my spiritual practice. I know that a lot of people can't wrap their head around the concept of a spiritual practice, not having an external outlet such as a Bible, totally get that, okay? Because I have ADHD and I understand if shit's not right in front of you, it doesn't exist. So I completely respect the concept of writing things down to remind yourself of their importance. So that's what I do with my affirmations and my manifestations and my spells and My shadow work, like, I write down everything, you guys. I literally write down our entire episode. In fact, sometimes I'm, like, really worried about it sounding scripted for that reason. I never want to sound scripted, but okay. Anyway, let me share with you my affirmation that I start my day with every single day. You can write it down if you want to. I really just want to share this with you in case it resonates true for you as well, and it's something that you'd like to start saying every day. It goes like this. Today, I remove all blocks in my life that are impacting my financial health and abundance. Today, I remove all blocks in my life that are impacting the love in my life. Today, I remove all blocks in my life that are standing in the way of my happiness, strength, and success. Today, I remove all blocks in my life that are preventing me from achieving my highest motherfucking self because I can't wait to be her. Oh my God. Okay, okay, Yep. okay. Today I remove any energy from any person who does not nor will ever serve me in my goals of abundance, health, and wealth. Shout out to health and wealth, hey! Today I send back any energy that others have sent to keep me small, stuck, and at their service. And I send it back to them with love and light. Not because they deserve it, but because I do. Today, I awake into my new life, but that you could change to like day or this is something that I have worked on for a really long time. So this was a spell that I wrote. Shout out to that. But uh, you could change it to be a daily thing. You could or you take it to do, be whatever you want. OK, I'm sorry. I got off track. I'm over explaining and overthinking. Here we go. Today, I awake into my new life full of selfless love and abundance of wealth, financial security, health, happiness, peace, love, and security for my family and I for the rest of eternity and all of existence and that's it and I truly believe all of the words that I just shared with you when I say them they are true for me no differently than me telling you that my name is Celeste and I don't know I have brown eyes I like tall men who need therapy I don't fucking know like it's true in my soul when I say these things make them true for you too and see what fucking miracles happen in your life. I am so incredibly honored to have connected with you. I hope that you reach out to us to tell me what you learned here today because that's part of our show normally when there's more than one person and because I am so curious and absolutely looking forward to what y'all think. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Taboo's the Pod. We are just taboos on Facebook. You can always shoot us an email at taboospodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our website at taboosthepod.com, as well as we have a Patreon page and a tea Public page, so you can find us on any of those things. I also just wanted to offer one final perspective before we wrap up this episode. The only other soulmate of mine who has yet to get a shout out absolutely needed to be saved for last because this moment is what I learned from this episode and its research, especially because I was talking about it with her. I can't end this episode without telling y'all about my very first experience with a soulmate almost eight years ago. You guys, I don't even understand how that happens. I tell her not to grow every fucking day. I just, I can't stand it. But on a random, perfectly beautiful Sunday morning in September, I met the very first person to ever awaken my soul in such a way to say, it's you and me now, and know that that was true. And that was my precious, funny, sweet, kind brilliant, empathetic, absolutely fucking beautiful baby girl, tiny. She really literally took my fucking breath away. She still does every single day, honestly, and I don't even know how she got to be so fucking incredible, but damn, she just is, and I am so lucky to be her mama. And I thank her all the time for trusting me and choosing me for the job. I honestly feel like I am fucking it up all the time. I have a gaggle of haters who would confirm for you that I am. And who knows, maybe I am. But what I learned in this research, truly, is when you find the people whose souls were meant for yours, in whatever words you recognize that as... There is absolutely not one fucking thing that would stand in your way of their growth, their healing, their joy, their safety, or their purpose. And I think that's what love really is. And that can be exchanged freely between people. That does so much good for each of us as well as all of us. Why would any of us deprive ourselves or each other of something so absolutely fucking divine? I just, that blows my mind. Why would we do that to ourselves? I don't want to, so I'm not going to. Oh, uh, and P.S. I asked Tiny if she remembered why she chose me to be her mama. She looked me dead in the eye and she said, quote, because you're so brave and intelligent and you'd make me a good person. And you're, like, really pretty. So bonus. (laughs) End quote. Trippy experiment. I swear to fucking God. Ask your kid why they chose you and see what they say. But know, please, that no answer is wrong. Be really ready for whatever the fuck they say. You have been warned. Kids have no filter when it comes to energy, so honestly, that might be the best compliment or biggest slap of reality. May the odds be ever in your favor. And that is this episode, you guys. And on that, love and light. Do you be taboos.